All right, so guys, I got the beautiful uh, opportunity to take a long vacation with my family, and then I went straight from there into a, a, a prayer retreat, which I try to do once a year, just a week-long disconnect from people and everything else, and just talk to God about you know, where I am, where my life is, and where our church is. And something that I really felt like I heard God say is that He wants our church to become more deeply spiritual and to become a house of miracles. Would you say this word, these these three words with me, say it with me, church, house of miracles. Doesn't that sound good? Like a house of miracles, a place where the supernatural just feels natural. Like we expect it to happen. We expect miracles, a place where unexpected things become like expected things. You're like, oh, there it goes again. There's that person testifying. There's another person believing for miracles in their life. And I, w- I want to start teaching today about the Holy Spirit. And I, t- I want to talk today about being full of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to read about Jesus's own journey. If you have your Bible, you can go with me to Luke chapter four. And I want you to see, and, and there's notes, uh, take your notes out. I'm going to walk you through. Uh, really today is a progressive walk through the emergence of Jesus's life. And it's a model for you. So you need to follow this. If you're frustrated with your Christian experience, you're thinking to yourself, man, I love Jesus. Why do I always find myself in this mess? <laughs> I want to be about the purpose of God. I think I've found God's will for my life. And yet I keep stepping in a hole. This, uh, or, or maybe you're in a different place. You're in a place where you have no idea what God's will is for your life. This message is for you because there is a progressive, uh, I guess, uh, realization, a progressive realization of what God's will and his power in your life looks like. And Jesus shows it to us. Okay. I want to start right here. uh, Luke chapter four. I'm going to read you multiple verses kind of spread out. It says, Jesus, watch this, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Now, this is uh, this pause between verse 1 and 14. That's the 40 days Jesus was in the wilderness. He was tempted by the devil. You remember that? Uh, and, and, and he comes out of that wilderness experience, announces you know, his calling, who he is, that he's the Messiah, the words that essentially will get him crucified. But he's so bold about it and so confident. And you might be asking yourself, like, where's my boldness? Where's my confidence? I want to I, I want to tell you today, your boldness and your confidence comes from the same place Jesus' comes from, and it's the Holy Spirit. Watch this. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And then after 40 days alone with God, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we find him a, a little while later in the synagogue, standing before the people. He picks up the scroll of Isaiah and says... The Spirit, same Holy Spirit, is upon me. And he goes on to tell his ministry and his mission. I want to tell you that this is a pattern for you, all right? This is a pattern for you to walk into your, uh, to, to God's purpose for your life and, and through the Holy Spirit. So here it is. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. You can be full of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, all right? And it starts right here. You can be full of the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem. We're full of something. Yeah, just in faith, just encourage your neighbor right now. Pick you out a neighbor and tell him this. You're full of it. It's, it's not a, that's not an insult. It just matters what it is, right? You're full of something. We're, we're trying to decide what we're full of. See, too often we're full of the world. 
And, and John tells us in 1 John chapter 2 that the whole world boils down to three categories. Watch, watch and see if this is not true. Pop culture and everything in this world boils down to three categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. What do those three things mean? The lust of the flesh means fleshly desires out of control. Things that maybe my flesh needs, but it goes beyond what it needs and just what I want. And I'm just getting what my body, do what feels right. Isn't that, is that sort of the American way? Do what feels right. Don't let, don't let anybody judge you. Don't care about what anybody thinks about you. You know, we have all these little excuses to just do what feels right. Well, the Bible calls that the lust of the flesh. And then the second category is the lust of the eye. I see it, I want it. I'll run over anybody. I'll violate any of my own convictions to go get what I want. I see what I want, I'm going after it. You're dating somebody, but you like somebody else. You like your friend's girl. You're going after her. That's eye candy for you. You're making plenty of money. You bought a vehicle you can afford, but somebody else got a nicer vehicle. You got to have a nicer vehicle. That's eye candy. It's the lust of the eye. You see it, you want it. You'll just go after it and you'll go get it. There's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and then he calls something the pride of life. That's just an arrogant desire to accomplish for self-advancement. That's living a life where it's all about me, my pride, my advancement. I'm not talking about a healthy uh, drive to accomplish. That can be very good. God uses that. Setting goals for yourself. I'm talking about being so uh, self-consumed that nobody else and nothing else matters. I've just got to go get it. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like a very perverted version of the American dream. And and what if the American dream, it's not that that's perverted. That's just kind of what it's become. Run over who you got to run over to get what you want to get to feel the way you want to feel. Isn't that it? That's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And, 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 and the Bible says that's the whole world around us. And here's our problem. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to know that God's giving me confidence and boldness to fulfill his mission for my life. I want to be successful in God's eyes. The problem is I want to be full of the Holy Spirit, but I'm full of other things. Now, here's the good news. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, it displaces that other stuff. Ephesians 5 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you research the Greek grammatical structure of that phrase, it means be filled and be in the process of refilling. I love that. I was so appreciative when I went to seminary and I learned that because I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I was still kind of messed up. But what I didn't realize is that I leak Holy Spirit leaks out of me, you know, and I get junk. I get opinions of man and my own lust and my own desires, and I got to be refilled and refilled. And And so it becomes a process of pushing out the wrong things and being filled with the things that are right for my life. And see, that begins, everybody say begins. That begins at salvation. When I make Jesus the Lord of my life, that's when grace is unleashed in my life. See, a lot of people look at a person who's in the gutter, far from God, and doesn't even believe and say, well, uh, at least they've got a lot of potential. Actually, they have no potential. There is no potential until the grace of God is poured out on your life. And then there's all the potential in the world. Your potential begins the moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life. What is grace? Grace, some people think it's a like 10-second prayer before we eat. That's not grace. Some people think grace is like a sweet word that we float out over Christian people and we forget their sins. That's not grace. Grace is the dynamic, powerful force from heaven to change your life. Why do you need grace? Because you've said you're going to change your life and you can't. I'm going to stop talking the way I was talking and you keep talking that way. 
I'm going to stop losing my temper and you keep losing your temper. I'm going to stop looking at porn and you keep looking at porn. I'm going to stop, you know, whatever it is, but you keep on doing it. You know what that is? Because there's an absence of the grace of God on your life. You got to get into a place where God's grace changes you. Uh, Pastor Dallas Willard, I love this quote, said, believers use grace like a 747 uses jet fuel. That's really true. What a lot of us need to do, we need to load up on grace and just go... I need it. That's what propels me forward. It's what changes me. And see, that grace is poured out through the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. I'm going to give you a little theology. Are you ready for this? A little summer theology. Lock in and pay attention, all right? The grace of the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit when you're saved. When you're saved, Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Okay? You receive the Holy Spirit at conversion. That's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say indwelling. He comes in me and dwells. That's wonderful. Here's the problem. There's some other things in you too. You got some fleshly desires. And so uh, there's more to that. Then, Then there's a separate work of grace called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's something called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say infilling. There's the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's more for me. You ever, you ever met a Christian who you know they're a Christian, they love Jesus, you know they go to church regularly, but they're a jerk. No, nobody here, of course. They go to other churches. They're rude. They, they lose their temper. You know, they're just they're bitter. They can't forget. You know why that is? Because while they've received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they've been saved, they believe in God, they haven't received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit fills you, how many know when like, like a thing can only be full one, one time? Because whatever else is there, it displaces the other stuff. And so if I got dirt and grime and bitterness and anger inside of me and the Holy Spirit fills me, what's got to happen? Something's got to go out. And see, that's the missing component. That's why there's so much religion in our world. And instead of religion, what it ought to be doing is setting people free. It does the exact opposite. It binds people up. Freedom comes in a relation, a genuine, vibrant, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ where you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, well, are you saying that I didn't get all of the Holy Spirit when I was saved? No. When you got saved, you got all of the Holy Spirit. When you got Spirit baptized, the Holy Spirit got all of you. There's a difference, you see. You don't divide your allegiances anymore. And you can see it. I'll give, it to, I'll give you a biblical definition, example of it. You see the difference in a spirit-baptized Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Thomas, the disciples. You can see their life is completely different. They know Jesus. They walk with Jesus. Peter, for heaven's sake, walked on water with Jesus. And yet, though he had received Jesus and had received the Holy Spirit, the Bible says Jesus breathed on Peter and the other disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They had received the Holy Spirit. And yet after that, they lied. I don't know Jesus. They hid, ran from, from people. Even, think about it, church, after the resurrection, they had even seen the risen Jesus and, and presumably they saw him walk through a wall. Remember that story? Like after that, they still run and hide in Galilee. They still don't know what they're called to do. They're hiding from their calling. And yet a little thing happens in Acts chapter 2 where these men are baptized. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says shortly thereafter, those men turned the world upside down for Jesus. This is for you. (laughs) You can also be full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, listen, if if Peter can be so assured of who Jesus is that he walks on water and yet still run and hide, 
then there's more for you just like there was more for him. There is an infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that's the beginning for you, okay? You can be full of the Holy Spirit. That's number one. If you got it, say, I got it. it. Number two, let's move on to this part right here, okay? Jesus was first full of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say full. Then he left the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say led. After you're full of the Holy Spirit, here's what happens. You can be led by the Holy Spirit. Man, that's important. Because when the Jerry Spirit leads me, I step in a hole. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me. I need his guidance and direction in my life. Here's our problem. Our world is led by so many other things. Spirit of greed, lust, arrogance, pop culture. See, here's the problem with pop culture. If you do what pop culture does, you get what pop culture gets. It amazes me. If you're a young person, please, I hope you really listen to this part. It amazes me how much we care what pop culture icons do or think. Sports athletes, politicians, movie stars, famous singers and musicians, like we're just all into what they do. Oh, who's she she dating now? Oh, my goodness. They're just so in love. I got to see the wedding pictures. Doesn't matter, they'll be divorced before the fixtures are developed. And, and, and before the story gets out, one of them's in rehab, and both of them need to be. That's who you want to know? That's how you want to pattern your life? See, if you do what pop culture does, you're going to get what pop culture gets. I don't want that. I don't want that lifestyle. I don't want to be driven by those things. Pop culture says Jesus isn't really the only way to God. Don't get all tied up into it. Just kind of, you can believe in Jesus. Somebody else can believe in Muhammad. You know, just don't go overboard. Here's the problem with that. There's going to come a moment when I don't need a just nice theoretical Jesus. I need a living, breathing, miracle-working Jesus in my life. I'm talking about it's midnight on a Thursday night. I can't get the preacher to hold my hand at night. I can't get a doctor on the phone. I can't get a psychiatrist to try to help me get my thoughts together. I certainly can't get a hold of one of those pop culture icons. I need a risen Savior Jesus to do a miracle for my children or my life right now tonight. I don't want a pop culture Jesus. I want the real Jesus. Does anybody know that Jesus? And can you praise him for being who he is? Well, you can't just really believe the Bible. Come on, there's, it's written by a man. There's all kinds of mistakes in it, you know. And, and, and here's what happens because we don't believe what the Bible says about relationships. We just flaunt those guidelines and we do it pop culture's version. So we, we date who we shouldn't date. We sleep with who we shouldn't sleep with. We come away with all kinds of external as well as internal damage because of those bad relationships broken homes and marriages, and generational curses that we pass on to our children. We get friendships that instead of lifting us up, they tear us down. And then we go to church once or twice a month and we say, well, if God was really will, real things would be different in my life. No, they wouldn't because you've got pop culture Christianity. And you're not going to get a real risen Savior in your life if you have a pop culture religious experience. But see, you can be full of the Holy Spirit and you can be led by the Holy Spirit. You see, when we say, well, the Bible's not really true, I don't don't really need to believe what the Bible says about my money, then we get this American uh, truth that America is simultaneously the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. We have the most possessions of any people group in the history of the world. You ever been to Europe? You ever been to a foreign country? One of the things I notice in the hotel is the trash cans are tiny. It is amazing how little people throw away. Americans, we throw away more stuff than people have. When I go to a, uh, I go on a mission trip or something, I'm ashamed of how many times I have to come empty the trash can for me. 
Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You'd be the same way. You're all as American as I am. This is true of America. We simultaneously have more money than any culture in history. We have more possessions than any culture in history. And we have more debt than any culture in history. How does that happen? Because we have the lust of the eye. We got to see it. We got to go have it. And at the same time that we are surrounded by money, comfort, and possessions, America is one of the least happy countries in the world. Those Africans that are starving that we have bought $100,000 worth of food for this year clinically are happier than we are. Why is that? The Bible tells us right here why it is. Romans 12 and 2. It says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've got myself messed up. I want to do something. Watch this verse if I can make this happen. Yeah, okay. Basically, you get two things. You get two choices. You can be conform- you can be conformed or you can be transformed. Now, God makes that very clear. If you conform to the pattern of this world, you're going to do what pop culture says. You're going to fit right into this pattern or you can be transformed by, what's this word right here? Say it with me. Renewing. renewing. Remember I talked about being refilled with the Holy Spirit. That sounds very, very similar, doesn't it? That you're going to get new. You're going to hear God's voice. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But this pattern of this world is going to try to push it away from you. So you know what you got to do? You got to renew your mind. You got to come back again and again. And then, everybody shout then. Then after I say no to the pattern of this world and I say yes to the transformation of God, then I'm going to be able to test and approve. I'm going to know sure for sure what God's will is for my life. I'm going to be able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. You can make up your mind. Do I want to be led by the pattern of this world? See, if I'm led by this world, if I conform to this world, my life is driven by the external. What they think, what they say, what coronavirus is doing, what the government says I ought to do, what, what social media says. You know what, what is so terrible is that churches, Christians, pastors are conforming to the pattern of this world. Cancel culture is convincing them not to say certain things. Why? Because they're driven by the external. What do they say? What do they think? I want to be driven by the internal. The Holy Spirit has come to live inside of me. And listen to me. When I am full of the Holy Spirit and I'm led by the Holy Spirit, listen carefully, what is internal for me is eternal. It never changes. You see, the external changes day by day. Have you noticed this? Come on, if you're more than 20 years old, you know that what is right today was wrong 10 years ago. You know that certain words and phrases that were okay to say 10 years ago, man, they'll get you in Facebook jail now, right? You can't say them. You'll get fired if you have a certain kind of job and you say certain words. Let me tell you, you will be chased. You'll be like a dog chasing his tail, trying to keep up with the external pattern of this world. But when I am full of the Holy Spirit and I am focused on God's will for my life, I'm living by the the internal and that internal is eternal. It doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. He is the same. Come on, if you know it, say it with me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't ever change. So I don't have to wake up and wonder what's the right phrasing today? What's the right words to say? what, What should I think about this or that? I know Jesus Christ can guide and lead me at all times. Somebody say amen to that. So I can be full of the Holy Spirit, and when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I can be led by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He left the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit. And then he returned 
to Galilee in the what? Power of the Holy. This is what I've been trying to get to. If I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I'm chasing God with all my heart. I'm not conforming to the patterns of this world. Then I'm going to get the Holy Spirit to lead me. And eventually I'll get to the place where I can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not common, average, or ordinary. A person who walks in the power of the Holy Spirit is living a whole different life than the average person is. That's where you want to live. Now, no, nobody doubts Jesus walked in heaven's power. I mean, he walked on water, he opened blinded eyes, he healed the sick, and yet somehow we doubt that we can walk in that power. We, we, we just don't think that we can get there. There's something uh, between us and, and that, and that uh, ability to get there. And yet Jesus said this strange thing. After doing all those miracles, he said this, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even what, church? Greater things because, come on, say because. Very important word. Because I'm going to the Father. Now, what did that matter that he was going to the Father? He's right there. Why did he need to go to the Father? Well, if you keep reading, Jesus said, told his disciples, I must go to the Father because if I don't go to the Father, the Holy Spirit will not be sent to live inside of you. In other words, in the same boldness and confidence that Peter had, knowing Jesus was right there, I'm going to step out of this perfectly good boat because Jesus is with me. Jesus said, I'm going to go away. So Jesus is not just with Peter and the disciples, but he's with everyone in this room. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, dwells inside of you. And so the supernatural becomes natural. Greater things are going to happen in your life because the Holy Spirit is with you. Now, the obvious question for not just the skeptic in this room, but for all of us is, then where are the greater things? Why am I not seeing the greater things in my life? Well, here's my, my personal opinion, okay? I may be wrong in this. I think we don't see greater things because we're so focused on lesser things. We're not looking for them. Remember what Jesus said to the woman who was sick? He said, according to your faith, I'll give it to you. Well, we're looking at little things like, can I find someone to love me? Can I uh, get a good job? Will I make enough money to pay the rent? And Jesus, on the other hand, wants to do big things in our life. He said, I want to do the miraculous. I don't want to just you know, pay your mortgage. I want to make your house a house of the miraculous. And the truth is, everything in re that's real and powerful in your life is done by the Holy Spirit. You say, well, you know, that can't happen in my life. I'm too sinful or I'm not uh, good enough or I don't know enough Bible. But, but here's what the Bible says about those great and mighty things. They're not done by your might or your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Everything great is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. You come to church today, you're like, well, I, I came to get relationship advice today, preacher, and you're talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, it's all about the Holy Spirit. I, I just have financial needs in my life. I, I, I was hoping you'd give us a financial sermon and help, but it's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all done in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's all kinds of spirit moments. When, when you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're led by the Holy Spirit, you start to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and you have spirit moments in your life. Let me tell you some of the spirit moments I can remember in my life. When I was a teenager, I made a decision. I was only going to date a godly 
spirit-filled woman. I started understanding this stuff I'm teaching you right now when I was a teenager. And I dated, I dated whoever would date me. Pretty girls that would date me. I mean, that's why most guys are, right? I just decided I'm only going to date the next person I date is going to be the potential to be my wife because she's going to be godly and spirit-filled. I'm going to wait to see her in my church. Now, there was a problem because my church only had 30 people in it. Most of them were family. This is not Kansas where you can date your cousin, Pastor Eli. Little gift to my Madison campus today. (laughs) So it's a problem. Like, how am I going to? But I had made a commitment to wait. And so I'm in church one Sunday night. A beauty queen walked in. Literally the first time I ever saw Leslie Lawson, Leslie Whitehead, she was walking across the stage with a crown on her head. The second time I saw her, she was walking in my little 30-member church. And I felt the Holy Spirit just moving on me. <laughs> started worshiping. <laughs> you know, faith without works is dead. I started working too, boys. You know, I started, started getting after it, you know. That, but you know what? If you conform to the pattern of this world, even then, you teenagers think, oh, back in the 19, which, hush. But even then, there was a pattern of this world. Chase whoever you can chase, catch what you can catch, get a hold of whatever girl you can lay in. I, I, that same pattern wasn't no different than it is today. I didn't chase that pattern any longer. I said, I'm going to be transformed by the pattern of the Lord. See, if you do what pop culture does, you get what pop culture gets. See, because I married this beautiful woman. She's been married. We've been married now for over 25 years. and We have a blessed family. I I wouldn't change a thing because way back then I said, I'm not going to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Later on, we have, we're trying to have a second baby. It's another Holy Spirit moment, okay? That baby's dying in the womb miraculous without the aid of any doctors that baby is healed in the womb born fully blessed nothing wrong with her she's 17 years old today you talk about having a house of miracles every night in my house my miracle child goes to sleep and wakes up the next morning we are a house of miracles I decided I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind I'm going to walk in the Holy Spirit I've had financial breakthroughs. Man, I can remember right after we got this church going, church was taking off, and, and I needed a financial breakthrough. We weren't financial, personally doing well financially. And a church called a, a, from a bigger town, offered wanted us to be their pastor, offered us twice the salary we were making. I started trying to feel Jesus in that too, y'all. I'm going to be honest with you. Because the pattern of this world says, if you get a chance for advancement, you go get it, right? That's the pattern of this world. I said, I'm not gonna, I didn't get to where I'm at today by following the pattern of this world. I'm going to follow Jesus. And I prayed about it. And Jesus said, absolutely not. And you know what? I stayed right here. God blessed our church and blessed my socks off personally in ways I could never imagine. I'm telling you, you can do pop culture religion and that's what you're going to get. Or you can do following the Holy Spirit. And he'll lead you into places that you could never find on your own. So here's what I want you to do. Here's here's my vision of what this message means for you on one screen. I call this the Holy Spirit progression. You start right here and you say, I'm going to be full of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be full of this world anymore. God, I don't want to just be a pop culture Christian. I don't want to be a Sunday only Christian. I'm going to be full 
all in, Jesus. I want all of you and I want you to have all of me. I'm not here for fire insurance. I'm not here to hope I don't go to hell or so people will think I'm a nicer person. I'm not just here so I can pick up three tips to make myself a better spouse. I am here to be transformed by your Holy Spirit. That's where it starts. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, here's what starts to happen. You get led by the Holy Spirit. Your your flesh is still going to try to push you in one direction, but you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens. When, When the Holy Spirit says go this way, and your flesh says go that way, and you do the right thing, the Holy Spirit gets louder because you're getting closer to Him, right? The closer you are, the more clearly you hear His voice. On the other hand, when you walk out of here and on Monday morning, the voice of this world calls you away from God, the voice of God gets quieter and quieter. You say, where did God go? God didn't go anywhere. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Where did you go? So I don't want to keep doing that. I'm going to be full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when I do that, are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him to get ready. This is really good. Because I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I'm led by the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen? I'm going to start to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. The supernaturals become normal in my life. The abnormal becomes normal. I expect my house to become a house of miracles. Listen to me. Where would it take your faith, teen, your faith, teenager? Listen to me, teenager. Where would your faith go if between now and the fall you witnessed a miracle in your own life? How different would your next school year be knowing God is real and He's inside of you? Come on, mom and dad. How different would your family be if you were praying about everything? You know, I pray with my son every night because he frankly will not quit hollering at me until I go in that room. Okay, I wish I had as much faith as he does. Okay, uh, we, we're not going to miss prayers at night and it's not because of me. <laughs> it's him. And when I go in there and we pray, many times God convicts me that we are praying for things we can do without God. God help us to be a better person. Help us to be kind to people. Help us to, um, you know, help the orphans to be able to eat. Well, we're already sending the orphans money to eat. We know they're going to eat. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, why don't you ask for something that only I can do? Why don't you ask for all the orphans in the whole world to go to bed with a belly full tonight? Well, that sounds really weird to me because we got the 130 program. We ain't even got all our orphans supported. And God goes, yeah, you're trying to do it in your own strength. But it's not by your might or by your power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Parents, students, can I challenge you to pray for your house to become a house of miracles? Start asking God to do things that you know you can't do. And if it happens, it'll only happen because God did it in your life. That's the spirit-led life. Let me, let me close with this. This is the last thing I got to say. Mark translates this a little different. John, when he tells the story, he says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Mark says Jesus was driven by the Holy Spirit. Both good words. But what he's saying is sometimes the Holy Spirit will take you to places you don't want to go. He'll drive you. It's not always roses and and, and perfect stories and testimonies. Sometimes it's painful places like 40 days in the wilderness. Sometimes it's the 40 days in the wilderness is a wilderness experience for you. And maybe, just maybe, somebody in this room right here today, hearing my voice, you are in a wilderness place. It's a scary place. It's a painful place. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will sometimes put you there for a purpose. In other words, there's purpose in your pain. That pain is not forever. You've been driven to that place. God's doing a work in you in that place. And you're coming out of that place in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Did you get that? The Bible says Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit and he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to believe in faith. You're coming out in the power of the Holy Spirit. You might say, why am I here? I'm trying to walk with God. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to obey scripture. And yet the more I do it, the harder my life gets, the more frightening, the more disillusioned or confused I become. What if that's the Holy Spirit taking you through a place to build your faith, to build your strength, to build your confidence, and you're about to come out. Somebody say, I'm coming out. In faith, believe it for your own life. You're coming out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen to that? You're not there to stay. You're there for a season and God is bringing you out. You know what? In those scary places, you'll often find your life's purpose. Jesus got up. We're still in Luke 4. He comes back before the congregation. He opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he reads from Isaiah 61, which was a 700-year-old prophecy of who the Messiah will be. And he said, this is me. This is Jesus. Actually, this verse, these two verses, is the mission statement of this church. Daystar Church. Daystar is the name Jesus. Peter called Jesus uh, in, in, in Peter's epistles. He called him the Daystar. That's why it's called Daystar Church. This is Jesus' own mission statement. This is our mission statement. He said, the Spirit of the Lord. Remember Jesus had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He came in the power of the Holy Spirit and he said, the Spirit is on me now. <laughs> he stays on you. Come on, somebody. I wish y'all were 10% as excited about this as I am. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's all over him because he's anointed me to do some things. Here's what he's anointed me to do. To give good news to the poor. You know what that is? Love. Everybody shout love. love. You come in here poor in spirit, poor in your attitude, poor in your actions, and you're supposed to be loved. I don't care how you dress. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what they say about you. We're going to love you because Jesus said that's what the Holy Spirit does. Good news. When you've heard bad news everywhere, good news is in this place. That's why this church is community transformation through the, there it is right there, and power. Here's the power. And he has sent me to not just give you good news, not just to make you feel good. I'm going to give you freedom. Everybody that's in prison and recovery of sight to people who are blind, you don't know where you're going. Maybe not this, you physically can't see. You spiritually, emotionally, mentally, you can't see. You, you're confused. I'm going to set the oppressed free. To be oppressed means to be attacked by the devil. That's what it means. Satanic attack on your life, and it's holding you back. Not anymore. You're set free. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor or blessing over your life. In other words, Jesus says, I'm the fulfillment of that promise. That God is no longer going to be judging everybody, no longer going to be holding you under a, a bunch of rules and regulations. But the first thing you're going to meet when you meet Jesus is I'm going to love you and give you the good news that you are forgiven and you are accepted. And the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to give you vision. I'm going to heal you up and I'm going to release God's favor over your life. That's why we say this church is here for the love and power of Jesus.